Thank you so much for joining us tonight. My name is Abraham Manassen. And we had this Bible study for quite a number of, I mean, almost two years now. And if you would like to check our previous audios, the previous Bible studies, go to drmanasseh.com, drmanasseh.com, and you'll be able to access our previous Bible studies. And also, uh, as Pastor Koran just mentioned, our, our book, it's still available, leading from the second chair. We still have quite a number of copies. So if you want to... Uh, to get your own copy, please go to drmanasseh.com and you will find a list of people who have the copies in your area. Or you can just go ahead and order online or you can go to amazon.com and order the book leading from the second chair. It's going to be a blessing. You know, we receive messages from all over the world, from, you know, uh, people from Australia who have ordered the book, people from England, people from Brazil, all over the world, Spain, you know, who have ordered the book and they are blessed by the, the book. And I believe God is going to bless you also as you, uh, as you get your own copy and read it. Tonight we have a very uh, interesting topic, as always. And the topic is, why, why does God allow bad things to happen? Why does God allow bad things to happen? Especially in our lives and in Christians in particular, I mean, um, this is a question that almost all of us, we, we grapple with every day. We ask ourselves a question, like, God, why do you allow all these things that we, we see happening in the world, especially in the past few years or so? Last week we talked about salvation, and we said we are saved by God's grace through faith. You know, it's through faith that we are saved by God's grace. And we want to build up our lessons from there. Because faith is the most important thing that we need as Christians. The Bible says, for without faith it's impossible to please God. So you can't be a Christian without faith. Our Christianity is based on faith. And that's very important. It's just unfortunate that there are things that happen in our lives, things that happen in the world, that shake our faith. Those things, they make us to start to doubt if there is a God up there. We start to doubt if God really loves us. And that's what I want us to focus on today, so we do not lose our faith. At the end of our lives, we should be able to speak like Paul, and say, we, we fought a good fight of life. We ran and finished our, our, our race. We finished the course. But the most important thing Paul says above all of, of these things, I have kept the faith. And that is the most important thing that I want all of us, everyone who is listening to my voice tonight, and those who listen to this voice two months from now, Two years from now, ten years from now, my wish and my prayer is that at the end of your life, you should not lose your faith in God. You should not lose your trust in God just because of what's happening in our lives. Just because of what we are seeing happening in this life. There are a lot of bad things that are happening today. We have 
I mean, one of the biggest one is COVID. That's confusing the scientists. It's confusing almost all of us. And up to today, there is no cure for it. Life has changed since COVID has started. The way we do things, our culture, the way we do things uh, in our education system, the way we do things even at home, the way we do our shopping, it just, everything has just, it just changed. All of us have been direct, I remember we used to say, all of us have been indirectly affected by COVID. Today I can boldly say, all of us have been directly affected or impacted by COVID. All of us, I cannot say some of us, I can say this, you know, with confidence and assurance that all of us have cried at some point because of COVID. All of us. It doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what your position is. At some point you have cried because of what COVID has done in your family. In your job. In your life. A lot of bad things are going on. Some few days ago we have seen what's going on even in South Africa. We have, some, we have seen some looting going on in South Africa. Churches are closed in South Africa and other countries. Hospitals are full. Some of the countries that are political unrest in Haiti, they just assassinated their president. I mean, a lot of bad things are going on. Senseless killings all over the world. It's unfortunate that we have Christians who have lost their faith in God. Sometimes when the churches reopen, some people will not even go back to church. They have lost their faith in God. And non-believers, they keep asking the question, where is your God in this situation? You are praying, but you still have no job. Where is your God? You are praying, but bad things continue to happen. Where is your God? If God is so loving, if God is so kind, why does He allow these bad things to happen? Why does He allow poverty to happen? How can we have faith in a God who allows evil to happen? And most of us as Christians, as leaders, we have no answers to those questions. And I want to say this to some of you who might have lost your faith. Maybe some of you are attracted by this topic. You don't usually tune in, you don't usually watch us, you don't usually listen. But tonight you said, let me join in and listen Maybe I will get an answer to this question. I know some of you have lost your faith. Some of you have backslidden. Some of you have lost your Christian trust and faith in God. Just because of this question. And I want to say to you, I am sorry that you have lost your faith because of this question. In the next 40 minutes, I hope I will do my best to answer your question. Maybe this question. Why does God allow bad things to happen? Maybe this question. It reveals. Our understanding. And our expectations of God. It reveals. Who we think God is. This question. It's a contextual question. 
This question is a fundamental question. It's a genuine question. We can't ignore it. We can't just brush it off. We know that God is not a bad God. And that's one thing that we should believe in. We should start to, to, to trust God and believe God in. He is a good God. And God is always a good God. He is a loving God. He is a kind God. I believe it's a God who is still able to perform miracles. I believe in the God of miracles. I believe God still performs miracles today. Miracles did not go away with the apostles. Miracles are still there today and God still performs miracles today. But sometimes people who have problems with God, people who have problems with Jesus, are not atheists. You know, Jesus did not have a problem with non-believers or sinners while he was still here on earth. Jesus had a problem with the priests. Jesus had a problem with the rabbis. Jesus had a problem with the Pharisees. Jesus had a problem with the Jews. These are the people who knew the scriptures. These are the people who understood and who knew the Pentateuch or the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. These are the people who understood and who knew the Tanakh, the law and the prophets. They knew it very well. They knew the Old Testament very well. And they claimed to know and to understand God. These are the people that Jesus had a challenge with. These are the people who rejected Christ because they did not see Him do what they expected the Messiah to do. He did not behave as they expected Him to behave. They were disappointed at Jesus because He could not fit in their concept of God, in what I call the God box. They, they construct a box and they put God in that box and they expect God to fit into that box. And when God did not fit in their box and they say, He cannot be God. He cannot be God. Psalm 118 verse 22 and 23, the Bible says, The stone which the builders have rejected has become the cornerstone. Has become the cornerstone. The very same Jesus that they, they rejected. They later realized that oh he is God Almighty. And they got confused. They got confused. Now let's look at some of the things that Jesus did. That were contrary to their beliefs. Or their concept of God. Let's look at some of the things that Jesus did. And see, what are those things? Let's look at some of those things that Jesus did. That are contrary to their belief system. Contrary to what they believed in. And the first one is in the book of John chapter 9. In the book of John chapter 9, Jesus and his disciples, they found a man who was born blind. This man was born blind, and when they found a man who was born blind, they started to ask questions. His disciples started to ask questions. Because it's, you know, our questions, they are based on our belief systems. 
questions reveal your level of understanding of a concept. That's why in most cases when we do the trainings or when we do the teachings, we always ask people and say, what is your question? Ask me your question. You know, what are the questions that you want to be answered? Because that gives you an idea of the understanding that the person has of the subject that you are about to address. Questions reveal our belief systems. It's like, you know, let me give a very simple practical example. If I meet you in town or I meet you at the mall or anywhere and I ask you a question, do you speak Zulu, Tsonga or Sutu? What is my assumption? My assumption is you come from South Africa. So that question, it reveals to me your level of understanding or your view of who I am. If I ask you a question, do you speak Shona? My, 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 my understanding or my concept is you are from Zimbabwe. So always the questions, they, they give us an understanding of what the person understands about the situation. Here we see the disciples in John chapter 9. They ask a very interesting question. And the question is, who has sinned? In John chapter 9 verse 2, the Bible says, His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned? This man or his parents? That he was born blind. So their understanding is, the man was born blind because somebody has sinned. And God is punishing somebody. Either this man has sinned, I don't know when he would have sinned because he was still in his mother's womb. Maybe he sinned when he was still in his mother's womb. I don't know. But their concept is, anytime you see something bad, it means somebody has sinned. Either his mother has sinned, his father has sinned, or he himself might have sinned. And that's why he was born blind. In verse 3, I like Jesus' answer. Jesus says, it was not because of his sins. Or his parents' sins. And he concludes by saying, This happened so the power of God could be seen in him. Let me say this. Bad things do not always happen because someone has sinned. And this is a lesson that Jesus wanted them to, to know. These guys, they knew the scriptures. These guys, they believed in God. But their belief in God was skewed. They believe that every time you see something bad, it means God is angry. They believe that God is punishing someone. And Jesus says, that is not always the case with God. The God that you have on your mind, the God that you believe on, in, is a different God than the real God. Sometimes He allows things to happen just to reveal His glory. Sometimes there are things to happen just so that His glory can be revealed. The God that you believe in is different from the God that I know. Another incident is, you know, when Lazarus was raised from the dead. In John chapter 11. Lazarus was, was sick at that point. And they sent a word to Jesus. And they said, your friend, the one that you love, he is sick. Now, in, in John chapter 11, verse 4, the Bible says, But when Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, 
it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. And verse 5 continues to say, So although Jesus loved Martha, Mary, and Lazarus, in verse 6, He stayed where He was for the next two days. In verse 7, Finally, He said to His disciples, Let's go back to Judea. What you see here is, people had expectations of Jesus. People had expectations of God. And God did not act. He did not do things the way they expected Him to do. Jesus did not behave as they expected Him to behave. I mean, after He was told that His friend was sick, to us it will be an emergency. All of us will rush, will do everything possible to make sure that we take care of it. Especially that Jesus is a healer. They expected Him to rush and go to Lazarus' house and heal him. But Jesus did not do that. He did not go immediately. The Bible says he stayed two more days. He stayed two more days. He did not do what they expected him to do. Because Jesus knew that there is no distance with God. He knew that when it comes to time, time does not apply to Jesus. Because Jesus lives in eternity. God lives in eternity. God is not limited by time. God is never early and God is never late. And Jesus finally went and he raised him from the dead. What I'm trying to say is sometimes the concept that we have of God, what we expect from God, it may not be the correct concept. It may not be the correct understanding. Their understanding was Jesus will quickly rush to Lazarus to heal him. But Jesus stayed longer. Jesus stayed longer. Let's look at Mark chapter 4. We see another incident there. When Jesus calmed the storm. Mark chapter 4 verse 35. In Mark chapter 4 verse 35. What we see there. Is Jesus was crossing to the other side. With his disciples. In verse 35 the Bible says. As evening came. Jesus said to his disciples. Let's cross over to the other side. Of the lake. So they took Jesus in the boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. Verse 37. But soon a fierce storm came up. High waves were breaking into the boat and it began to fill with water. Verse 38. Jesus was sleeping at the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke up. And shouting. They said. Teacher. Don't you care. That we are dying. To drown. So when Jesus woke up. He rebuked the wind. And said to the waves. Silence. Be still. Suddenly. The wind stopped. And there was a great calm. Verse 40. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? And I like verse 41. He says, The disciples, the disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man? They asked each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. 
Here there was an expectation that when you, when you walk with Jesus, when you are crossing over with Jesus, there will be no storm. Their expectations was that no storm will tamper with Jesus' boat. I'm sure if it was today's day, I mean, it was today's era, everybody would have loved to be in Jesus' boat. You know, you got into Jesus' boat as you're crossing the, you know, uh, the, 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 the sea, as you're crossing the Sea of Galilee. And when you're on that boat, you say, well, we, we are in a different boat and you're so proud of it. If it was today, you would even take a selfie and post it on Facebook and say, we are with Jesus on the boat. The safest place ever to be. <laughs> Everybody wanted to be on Jesus' boat because they knew that was the safest boat. They were wrong. Their concept of God was wrong. Their concept of Jesus was wrong. It's quite unfortunate that even today we have preachers who preach and promise people that once you are with Jesus, once you become a Christian, you will never have a problem in your life. Once you, have a, once you have Jesus in your heart, all your problems will be eliminated. All your problems will be gone. You will always have money. You will live in prosperity. You will always live in good health. That's the expectations that they have. And it's quite unfortunate because they get disappointed when the reality hits. When you lose your loved one because of COVID. And you have been confessing all, all, I mean the whole year that COVID will not touch you. COVID will not touch your, your family. Sometimes we have a wrong concept of God. Here are the disciples. They are with Jesus on the same boat. While they are on the same boat, here we see the storm start to attack them. And they start to focus on the storm. The Bible says that storm, it was, it was so fierce. And the, it, it raised high waves. And those waves, they started to break into the boat. Water started to fill up the boat. The very same boat that Jesus was on. The very same boat that Jesus was sleeping in. And the next question is, as they focus on these waves, as they focus on these storms, Somebody reminded them, by the way, you guys who have Jesus, this Jesus, he does not care. That question to me, it reveals their understanding. It reveals their belief of God. Like I said, questions reveal our belief systems. Teacher, don't you care that we are going to drown? They were so convinced that Jesus doesn't care. We thought it's Jesus who cares. We thought we will not drown with Jesus. But now we are drowning with Jesus. And they spend their time focusing on the waves. But when Jesus woke up and he said, silence, be still. And suddenly the wind stopped. I like the, question, the next question that they ask in verse 41. They asked and they said, who is this Jesus? Who is this man? Who is this man? And tonight I want us to change our focus also. Instead of focusing on the waves, Instead of focusing on the storm, they started to change, to shift their belief system, to shift their faith, and they started to focus, they start to focus on Jesus. Maybe it's time, my brother. Maybe it's time, my sister. 
Instead of focusing on your challenges. Instead of focusing on your pain. Maybe it's time you start to focus on Jesus. And also you ask the same question. Who is Jesus? And I believe Jesus allowed them to go through this situation. So that they can start to focus on him. They start to see him differently. They start to see him as a man. That even the wind and waves obey. Who are you focusing on right now? Are you focusing on your challenges? Are you focusing on the bad things that are happening, on, happening here in the world? Are you focusing on COVID? What are you focusing on? Jesus says, focus on me. Believe in me. And we'll see that in John chapter 14. He says, believe in me. Trust in me. Not on the circumstances. Because when you focus on the circumstances, that's when you start to ask questions. Jesus, God, why do you allow these bad things to happen? Because that shows the, the focus of your eyes, the focus of your heart, the focus of your mind. Are you focusing on the circumstances or are you focusing on Jesus? We spend so much time focusing on the circumstances. And then while you are focusing on the circumstances, you lose your faith. And we have seen that. We, we have seen Peter also experience the same thing. When one door in our lives closes. Sometimes we focus so much on the closed door. And we do not realize that there are many other doors that are opened in our lives. What kind of questions do you ask when you go through a challenge in your life? Let me say this statement. And I hope it, it will make sense to you. With regard to focus, we can't focus on God and focus on the circumstances at the same time. You can have dual citizenship, but you can't have dual faith or dual focus. Where is your faith? Is your faith in the circumstances or your faith in God? You can't stay focused on the circumstances and on Jesus at the same time. We have to make a choice, brothers and sisters. Jesus wants us to focus on Him. No matter what happens, He wants us to stay focused on Him. He wants us to believe in Him. He wants us to trust in Him. You have to make a choice tonight. If you focus on your circumstances, you will lose your faith. Let's look at Peter and we'll see what happened with him. So we have to stay focused. If you focus on Jesus, we'll stay anchored. We'll stay connected. And what you see with Peter, what happened is, Peter also, he loses his focus. He loses his focus. When Jesus told him, come, come. The Bible says Peter started to walk towards Jesus. He started to walk towards Jesus. He started to focus on Jesus. Now, as long as he was focusing on Jesus, as long as he was focusing on Jesus, he was able to walk on the water. He was able to walk towards Jesus. And the Bible says, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, when he saw the strong wind and the waves, the Bible says he was terrified and he, beg he began to sink. He began to sink because he was focusing on the waves, he was focusing on COVID, he was focusing on the looting, he was focusing on, on, on confusion, he was focusing on the political unrest. As long as he was focusing on that, he lost his faith. He lost his faith and he started to sink. Could it be 
That maybe you lost your faith in God. You lost your faith in Jesus because you're focusing on the circumstances, not on Jesus. Not on Jesus. And the Bible says, at the end, the disciples started to worship him. After he rescued Peter and they got into the boat, they started to, to, to worship him. But I like the words that they said. They said, you really are the son of God. They stopped focusing on what was happening. They stopped focusing on the waves. They stopped focusing on the, uh, you know, on the storms. And they started to focus on Jesus. Always Jesus wants us to focus on Him. He wants us to change, to shift our belief system, to shift our faith and start to focus on Him. My brother, my sister, stop focusing on your circumstances and see God in your circumstances. Always ask this question, God, what is it that you want me to learn? What is it that you want me to know or to grow through this situation? Instead of giving up and saying that it's not God, Instead of giving up and saying, God, why do you allow this situation? Maybe the question should be, God, what do you want me to learn through this situation? I know it is a painful situation. I know you are going through painful situation right now. I know it is tough. But I believe God is still there. God is still in your situation. God is still in your situation. Maybe you have been praying and God did not answer your prayer. Maybe you believed God for something and He did not give you what you wanted. Let me advise you tonight. Fix your eyes unto Jesus, the author and the finisher of our faith. When we switch our focus and focus on things, we will start to think like Peter. We will start to lose our faith and sink. But when we start to focus on Jesus, He becomes our anchor. We are able to hold. We are able to stand. Tough times. We are able to stand. Difficult times. Because we are focusing on Jesus. Paul. Apostle Paul. Apostle Paul had the right and the correct concept of God. I mean, most of us, if we could go through what Paul has gone through, we would have given up. We will not continue as Christians. We will not have continued with our faith. We will have lost our faith long time ago. I mean, who knows God better than Paul? Who experienced God better than Paul? The greatest apostle who ever lived. Most of us were evangelized or were taught by mere human beings. Maybe some of us, we came to Christ because our pastor told us about Jesus. They led us through the sinner's prayer. Maybe our parents, maybe our friends, maybe through the radio. But Paul was evangelized. He was literally called by God himself in Acts chapter 9. Paul, he believed in God. He believed in God. But let's look at what happened to this servant of God. Paul, the greatest apostle. The man who served God 24 hours. And some of us will not call this a successful ministry. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. And let's see what Paul went through. Let's see what Paul went through. But still he, stayed, he, he stood fast. He did not lose his faith. 
He did not lose his faith. He still remained faithful to God and he continued to serve God. Let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 11 from verse 23. He says, Are they servants of Christ? I know. I sound like a madman. But I have served him far more. I have worked harder. Now let's look at what Paul's ministry went through. When we say Paul the apostle, let's see what he went through. Number one, he said, I've been put in prison more often. I don't know how many of you who are listening to, tonight, we have been to prison because of Christ, because of your salvation, because of your Christianity. Paul says he has been put to jail. He has been imprisoned. Many times, not only once, many times. But he still trusted God. He still continued with the ministry. He still continued to lead a successful ministry. And you call that a successful ministry. Number two. He says, I have been whipped. Times without number. I have been beaten many times. Sometimes I have even faced death again and again. He has been threatened with death. That's Paul, the apostle. God allowed him to go through this. He says five different times in verse 24. Five different times. The Jewish leaders gave me 39 lashes. Verse 25. Three times I was beaten with rods. Once I was even stoned. They threw stones on him. And at some point they left him dead. They thought he's dead. Three times I was shipwrecked. Once I spent a whole night and a day adrift at sea. Verse 26. I have traveled on many long journeys. I mean, Paul traveled a long, long, I mean, long trips, long journeys. And they walked. They used donkeys. They used camels. They traveled thousands and thousands of kilometers. He says, I have faced dangers from rivers and from robbers. From robbers. They robbed him. Of everything that he had. I have faced danger. From my own people. From my own people. The Jews. As well as from the Gentiles. I have faced danger. In the cities. In the deserts. And on the seas. And I have faced danger. From men who claimed to be believers. But are not. When I read this part of scripture, I always ask myself, what kind of God will allow this apostle to go through this? How can God allow his number one apostle, a man who has written almost half of the New Testament, how can God allow him to go through this? I mean, if it was today's day, we will not, we'll not call this a successful ministry. We will not call this a prosperous ministry. Because our concept of God is skewed. Our concept of God is, di is different. And sometimes our concept of God is wrong. Yes, in season and out of season. Thank you, Sister Fier. In season and out of season, He remains God. He remains God. Our concept of God has to change, my brothers and my sisters. And that's why we ask the question... 
How can a good God allow bad things to happen? And that shows our level of understanding of who God is. Our expectations of God. Our expectations of God has to change. If you have a wrong concept of God, you'll be disappointed, my brother. If you have a wrong concept of God, you'll be discouraged. If you have a wrong concept of God, you will backslide. Jesus says, He says, all that you see in me, all that you see me doing, it reflects the nature of God. God is forgiving. God is full of grace. But sometimes, God allows things that are uncomfortable to us to happen. And that's a true God. That's a real God. He allowed all those things to happen with Paul. And how about you and me? Sometimes God does not answer our prayers the way we expect Him to do. Because God is not a robot. So we have to understand that prayer is our communication with our Father, God. Prayer we're not giving, I mean, prayer is not giving God instructions. God is not a robot. We cannot control God by a remote control. We should stay rooted in the Word of God. Not in the wisdom or philosophies of men. We have to have a better understanding of who God is. God does not take instructions from you. God does not take instructions from me. Because He is God. He is in control. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is the Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord who heals. He is above all. God. He is God. He is above all. God is God. He allows what He wants to allow to happen. And He stops what He wants to stop. Why? Because He's God. That's the only, that's the only answer I can give you. I may not have, it may not be an answer that, is, that will satisfy you. But He's God. He makes decisions. The best prayer that you can make as a Christian, the best prayer that you can make as a human being is, let your will be done. In my life, oh God. And anything that happens in your life, you have to believe that God allowed it to happen. If God wanted to stop it, He would have stopped it. God allowed it to happen. Whatever happens in your family, God allowed it to happen. Whatever happened in your job, God allowed it to happen. Whatever happened in your school, in your community, God allowed it to happen. We should allow God to be God. And that's the best prayer that we can ask. We can pray to God. Lord, let your will be done. You cannot control God. God is almighty. He's in control. He's above all. And whatever happens, it happens because God allowed it to happen. He's almighty. He can stop it anytime He wants. We should have the right concept. The right object of our faith. Sometimes we believe so much in things. We believe so much in circumstances. And, and we put conditions for God. And God, if one, two, three doesn't happen, I'm leaving the ministry. It's okay, you can leave the ministry. By the way, you will never frustrate God. Whether you stay in ministry or you leave ministry, God will never be frustrated by you. Sometimes God will not answer the prayers as you expect Him to do. Because you have the wrong concept of God. And if you have the wrong concept of God, when things do not happen as you expect them to happen, 
What do you do? You lose your faith in God. You lose your trust in God. Brothers and sisters, I'm not advocating for suffering. I'm not pushing for poverty. But what I'm saying is we should have the right concept of God so we don't get disappointed. How do you get disappointed? You get disappointed when somebody does not do what you expect them to do. You get disappointed when somebody does something that you did not expect them to do. I want us to have the concept that is right. I want us to have the correct perspective of God and the reality of life. If not, you'll get disappointed and you'll backslide. When things do not go as we expect them to do, we lose our faith. Many people, they turned away from faith. They turned away from the Lord because they lost their property. And just because you lost your property, you lost your house, you lost your car, you lost whatever property that you had, and you lose your faith in God. So your God is attached to property. So God exists only, if, only when you have property. That's the wrong concept of God. Whether you have property or you have no property, you should stay rooted. And Paul says in, in, in the book of Ephesians chapter 6, he says, you know, be strong in the Lord, not in your property. Be strong in the Lord, not in your job. Whether you have a job or you have no job, you should still be strong in the Lord. Stay focused in the Lord. Stay focused in the Lord. Whether you lose your health or you are still healthy, stay focused in the Lord. Don't lose your faith just because you lost your health. Just because you lost your job. Just because you lost your businesses. Your faith should not be rooted in your business. Your faith should be rooted in the Lord. The Jews, they believed in God, Yahweh. But they refused to believe in Jesus. Why? Because Jesus did not behave as they expected Him to behave. Jesus says, if you want to understand God, if you understand the Father, look at me. Observe me. All you see in me, all you see me doing, it's a replica of the Father. That is how God thinks. Everything that you see in Jesus, Jesus is a true reflection of God. That is the nature of God. That is how God behaves. Jesus knew that his disciples also, they had a challenge with understanding God. They had questions with God. And just before, you know, he finished his ministry, just before he left, just before he went to the cross, and night before, Jesus sat down with his disciples. He knew this was very important. And he encouraged them, and he told them to believe in him. He says, all you have seen in the past three years, all you have seen in the past three and a half years that you spent with me. That is how God is. If you want to know God, if you want to understand God, just look at what I did. And that is who God is. Maybe all this time you had a wrong concept of who God is. In John chapter 14 verse 1, that's when Jesus sat down with his disciples. Just before he left for the cross. John chapter 14 verse 1, he says, don't let your heart be troubled. 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 He says, trust in God. It's okay to trust in God. But, trust also in me. Trust also in me. Verse 6. 
Jesus told him, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. If you do not understand me, there is no way you can go to the Father. I like verse 7. It says, if you had really known me, you will know who my Father is. He says, if you want to see God, if you want to understand God, look at me, understand me. If you had the wrong concept of God, try to understand me. Try to look at my behavior. Try to see what I did. Try to see how I behaved when I was with you. And that is who God really is. From now on, you do know Him and have seen Him. But Philip said in verse 8, Lord, show us the Father. Show us the Father. And we will be satisfied. In verse 9, Jesus replied, Have I been with you all this time? Philip, and yet you still don't know who am I? Anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. So why are you asking me to show him to you? Verse 10, Don't you believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words I speak are not my own, but my Father who lives in me does this work through me. Verse 11. Just believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me. Or at least believe because of the work you have seen me do. Jesus said, if you do not understand the Father, you do not understand God. Just look at me. Look at what I have done. My brothers, my sisters, let me encourage you. If you want to understand God, go and read. Go and read in the New Testament. Go and read the gospel, the four gospels. Go and read Matthew, Mark, John, and Luke. Then you, you see Jesus. You see how he behaves. That is who God is. He says, everything that you see in me, that is God. That is a reflection of God. I'm a true reflection of God, the Father. What are the things that Jesus did that are contrary to what you thought God is like. Most of us do not trust in Jesus. But we trust so much. We focus so much on the circumstances around us. Some of us, He's God. As long as He does what I expect Him to do. He's God. As long as He answers my prayers. If He does not answer my prayers, then He is not God. The God that we have on our mind. You know, sometimes it's different from the real God. Because sometimes the real God does not do what we expect Him to do. We expected a God who will not allow any sufferings. But we see Him allow Paul to go through sufferings. That's a different concept of a God that we're told. The God that we're told of is a God of prosperity. A God who always makes us prosper, always successful. Now when we see Paul goes through challenges. When we go through difficult times. When we go through painful moments. When we start to cry at night. We ask ourselves, where is that God that we are told about? Where is that God who will not allow any sickness to touch me? 
What is that God who will not allow my loved ones to die? We expect a God who will heal everyone that we pray for. And we get disappointed when we pray for people and they still die. Because that's not the God that we have in our mind. That is not the God that we were told about. We are told that we, we serve a God, we believe in a God who will not allow us to go into any trouble. We believe in a God who will always make us rich and prosper. Now you wonder why you are not prospering. Why did you lose your job? Why you have been praying for the past two, three years and you have no job? Where is that God? And that is the concept of a God that most of us believe in. That is why we ask this question. Why does God allow sufferings in the world and in our lives? Brothers and sisters, that shows us what kind of a God we have on our minds. We believe in a God that does not allow pain. My brother, my sister, circumstances should not define our God. We should continue to trust in God no matter what our circumstances look like. The presence of adversity, the presence of difficulty, the presence of pain, the presence of unanswered prayers does not mean the absence of God. When bad things happen, it does not mean there is no God. It's just that we have a different concept, we have a wrong concept of a God. Many people, they lose their faith because they were told of a God who will not allow them to go through challenges in life. Many people, they lose their faith because they were told that their God will not allow them to get sick. And because of that misunderstanding of a God, once they get sick, they start to have these questions. Why should God allow sufferings in my life? They realize that the God, the concept of God that they had all this time, the God that they were told about, is not the same God that manifests in their lives. Bad things happen because of quite a number of reasons. One could be because of human decisions. Human beings make wrong decisions. Politicians make wrong decisions. And innocent people suffer. It's not because of God. It's because of another human being who has made the wrong decision. We also have to understand that we have an enemy. And who can influence leadership. Bad leadership does not care about how you suffer. The consequences of their decisions. The devil is our enemy. So bad things happen. Sometimes it's just nature. Acts of nature. My brother, my sister, let me close by saying this. Do not fall apart when things do not go your way. When things do not go as you expected them to go. Proverbs chapter 24 verse 10 says, in the New Living Translation, Proverbs 24 verse 10, if you fall or if you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. If you fail under pressure, your strength is too small. I like the good news translation. It says, if you are weak in a crisis, you are weak indeed. If you are weak in a crisis, you are really, really weak indeed. My brothers, my sisters, as you go through a crisis in your life, don't be weak. Don't be weak. 
You must have the right concept of God. I want to encourage you tonight. I want to encourage you tonight. Do not stop believing in God just because of sufferings. Do not stop believing in God just because of your pain. Do not stop believing in God. If there was a person who would have been justified to stop believing in God, it would have been Paul. I mean, the things that he went through, none of us have gone through that. Even half of what Paul has gone through. But he never stopped believing. At the end of it all, he said, I have kept my faith. I have kept my faith. I have kept my faith. Because he had the right concept of God. Some of us will fall apart. Because our concept of God is wrong. Our belief of God is wrong. Our understanding of God is wrong. God is always on your side. God will always love you, my brother. Even in your pain, God still loves you. Even in your difficulties, God still loves you. Always, you have to understand that He's God Almighty. And He will always love you. No matter what you go through in your life, God still loves you. We should have the right Biblical concept, understanding of who God is. I don't care who told you about God. Some might have told you the wrong concept of a God. A God will never allow bad things to happen. And sometimes things happen not because of God, just because of our wrong decisions. Sometimes we make wrong decisions. And things happen. Sometimes the consequences of the decisions that we have made. When you make a wrong decision, you know, every decision that you make is attached to a consequence. Sometimes the consequence of our own decisions. Sometimes the consequence of other people's decisions. And sometimes because of the devil. But it does not mean we should lose our faith and our trust in God just because there are bad things that are happening. We, have to, we should have the biblical understanding of God. Who God is. And once you have the right understanding of God, you will never backslide. Because the thing that makes people backslide is circumstances. We focus so much on circumstances and we lose faith when we see bad things happen in our lives. When we see things, bad, bad things happen in our family. When we see bad things happen in our country. And we lose our faith because we had the wrong concept of God. We had the wrong belief system of God. And that's why we backslide. Brothers and sisters, please never lose your faith. Never lose your faith. I want to encourage you tonight. No matter what happened in your life, don't lose your faith. Your circumstances should not define God. Your circumstances should not define who God is in your life. And next week we will continue with this subject. I want us to look at five things that we can do to keep our faith strong, even in difficult situations. What are the things that we can do so we stay strong even in difficult situations, even in tough situations? What are the things that we can do that can help us stay strong? And I want to encourage you, don't lose faith, don't lose hope. God loves you and He will always love you. No matter what you go through, God will remain God. Even if tonight as I'm speaking, you are crying. You are going through pain. That does not negate the presence of God. He is still God 
even in your pain. He is still God, even in your challenges. He is still God. Don't lose your focus. Don't lose your focus. Peter loses fo- he lost his focus. And he started to drown. Once you lose your focus on Jesus, you will drown. Continue to focus and look at Jesus. Focus on Jesus. Who is the one who started our faith and is the finisher of our faith. Let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We thank you, Lord, for the word of encouragement. Help us, Father, to have the right understanding and the right concept of God. That even when bad things happen, it has nothing to do with the presence of God. God is still God. God is still almighty, even in our pain, even in our sufferings. And I pray for that brother. I pray for that sister who is going through pain right now. Who is going through a challenging time right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for them. I pray that, Lord, you will guide them through. Help them, Father, to understand you as Lord. Even in their circumstances, oh God. We want to pray for those who have lost faith. Some who have backslidden. Because they had a bad concept, a wrong concept of God. And when bad things happen, they lost their faith. They lost their trust in God. And I pray that, Lord, they will come back to God. They will come back to the saving faith of God. They will start to trust God again. They will start to believe in God again. Even in their challenges. Father, we thank you for all that you have done. And what you will continue to do in our lives. And Father, we will continue to pray for the different nations, especially South Africa, oh God. During this time, oh God. During this challenging time. I pray that, Father, we will continue to stay focused in God. Even when things are difficult. Even when the even political situations are not promising. But God, we know we have a God who is always faithful. I pray for all the believers, all the Christians in South Africa, all the non-believers in South Africa. I pray for the leadership of the country. I pray for the president. I pray for everyone, oh God, who is in leadership. To stay focused on you and to know that you are Lord God Almighty. Even in our challenges, you are still God. And we'll continue to trust in you. We'll speak like Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego who said, even if he does not save us, even if he does not save us, he is still God. We are not going to change our focus and start to believe in you, Nebuchadnezzar. Even if we go through the fire, through the waters, we will still trust and believe in a God who is almighty, the God of the heavens. Lord, we thank you and we bless you. We give you all the glory and all the honor. In the name of Jesus, Lord, we pray. Amen.